0: And welcome in, this is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, along with Frank Stample here with you on the show. Hopefully, you guys are being safe. Hopefully, you're watching this video either on YouTube or one of the streaming devices that you are watching at your home and keeping yourself and everybody else safe. But that story is probably for another channel. On this show, what we're doing is we're talking fantasy sports today, some fantasy baseball, some fantasy football, just kind of keeping you in the loop as to what is happening and Frank, it's still, uh, you know, obviously a little bit of a slow time. We're all trying to keep our families and trying to keep this country safe for sure. But in the meantime, we're seeing some you know, some minor transactions in baseball, some bigger transactions in football, and um, we're just kind of keeping tabs of that.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of news going around right now, as you mentioned. We'll get into some, you know, minor league players that have been reassigned and a lot of football action going on this week, obviously, with free agency that affects fantasy football big time. And I'm sure that there's people going to be firing up best ball drafts uh sooner rather than later in fantasy football, which I'm sure you love, Craig, because oh, I'm there's nothing there's nothing like drafting five months in advance of the fantasy football season. Yeah. Uh but yeah, there is some news to talk about today and, and hopefully uh We'll, we'll get into some of that here. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's, you know, just
0: biding my time. Yesterday, uh, you know, a lot of time in the house. Uh, spent about an hour over on the tennis courts with the family, uh, bringing the baseball gloves, bringing the tennis rackets, and, you know, just uh, trying to stay active, trying to do as much as we possibly can. Uh, just, you know, kind of keep the family uh, active and doing some things, watching a lot of TV, playing a little bit of video games as well. And uh, that's about it. That's kind of where we're covered. So, uh, let's let's dive into what's happened over the last few days really over the last week and and strangely and ironically we're seeing several players being optioned and even cut in baseball and with really no start to the baseball season on on the horizon it's it's kind of interesting because not only are we searching for news but legitimately we're searching for fantasy news and so uh, there were probably I would say 15 20 maybe even 30 players reassigned or cut And what Frank and I wanted to do is, at least at the top of the show here, dive into some of the names that you may have heard of and talk about whether or not if and when the baseball season starts or potentially if you did an early draft in the NFBC, as Frank mentioned, or even if you did a home league draft or any kind, if you got involved early. And we we know that there's a percentage of people that do that. It may be a smaller percentage, but certainly they're out there to kind of give you the fantasy spin as to where this is at. And so uh, let's start off with the San Francisco Giants here and then we'll kind of take it from there. We have a list here of five players who uh, were sent down, and uh, I'll run through the list real quick, and then we can kind of go through them player by player. Uh, First, we have Sean Anderson of the San Francisco Giants, who, out of the three leagues that I'm in so far, I did end up drafting uh, at one point, very late, probably in the 400s or 500s, whatever it was, just kind of assuming that there was a chance that uh, he could be the closer of the Giants. I still do think that there is certainly a chance of that, and perhaps the Giants sent him down to get work there in AAA. So that will be the first player that was you know basically being taken in all of the uh, NL drafts and even the drafted holds. Uh, Jason Martin of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Jason Martin was thought to be a potential starter until uh, Pittsburgh went out there and they signed Gerard Dyson. And so now that door is opened up for a number of different players in Pittsburgh, and we'll dive into that as well. Tukey Toussaint, not a huge surprise. At some point, they'll need him in the big leagues. Still kind of unclear as to whether or not he's going to be a starter or, or a lever with the Atlanta Braves and maybe even a closer one day with the Atlanta Braves, too. But he's just been kind of shuttling back and forth between AAA and the big leagues and uh, grew up in South Florida, so very familiar with him and his skill set. Ryan Mountcastle, this doesn't come as a surprise to anybody from the Baltimore Orioles. When he does and if he does come up to the big leagues, whenever that is, there's some massive power potential there and certainly. In any league where you're just allowed to cut guys, you do not want to cut him, even though the Orioles sent him down to the minor leagues. This is no surprise. And also, Anthony Kay rounds it out for the Toronto Blue Jays. There was some discussion as to whether or not Kay would be involved in the Blue Jays rotation, but as of now, it does not seem to be the case. So, what do you make of this brief list, Frank, at least to start with?
1: Yeah, let's start things off with uh, Sean Anderson in the San Francisco Giants. Some people thought that he was in the running to to be the closer for the team. And obviously, Gabe Kapler, the manager of the San Francisco Giants, uh, has been very frustrating the past couple of years with the Philadelphia Phillies trying to figure out what he's going to do uh, at the back end of the bullpen. I remember... You know, owning Hector Neris last year, and it was very frustrating. It took forever for Gabe Kapler to actually turn it over to Hector Neris. And I know that they signed David Robertson last year. He dealt with injuries uh, with the Phillies at the time. But now we're kind of back where we started, right? It's a closer by committee with the San Francisco Giants, uh, with Sean Anderson going down. I didn't really see why it made sense for him to be Uh, in the running as, as the closer there, because even last year, you know, some people pointed out that, you know, he got better as a reliever last year. Well, a 5.33 ERA as a starter last season and a 6.08 ERA as a reliever last year. So I, either way, no matter how you look at it, starter reliever Sean Anderson was really not effective. And I think it kind of just opens things back up for that closer by committee. And and as of now, it looks like we're looking at Tony Watson, a gentleman named Tyler Rogers, who's like a, a, minor league journeyman. He's 29 years old. He has an 82-mile-per-hour fastball. Uh, and then Trevor Gott, who is a little bit more interesting. He's a right-handed pitcher and throws mm-hmm. mid-90s fastball. Obviously, uh, Tony Watson is the name that has the most experience and you know, is just one year removed from, uh, in 2018, a 2.59 ERA with a 103 whip, uh, and he does have 30 career saves in his career. So I would still lean towards Tony Watson, but they're probably going to play the matchups. Maybe they use Watson when there's lefties coming up in the ninth inning. Uh, I think Trevor Gott is someone who has, uh, you know, some swing and miss potential there as well. But it looks like a closer by committee here, Craig, on a team that, you know, as we've covered before, the San Francisco Giants are not going to be good this year, no matter when the season starts up. Uh, this is a roster that is deficient, has many holes. There's not going to be a lot of save opportunities. And when they do have those save opportunities, it looks like it's going to come down to potentially two or three different guys at the back end of the of the uh, bullpen there.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the other part of this, Frank, is, you know, when you look at it and if the season did start at the beginning of April, it would have made more sense for Anderson to make the team and even become, uh, you know, being groomed as the closer. But you know that they're not trading Sean Anderson. He's still a very young player. They are looking to trade Tony Watson the second that they could get any value for him. So given that we don't know when the trade deadline is, if there will be a trade deadline and how this is going to all work out, it would seem to me that all the Giants simply are doing in 2020, whenever the season does begin, is building value for trades. And uh, the maximum value that you're going to have for Tony Watson is not going to be putting him in the sixth or seventh inning. It's the closer because that at some point Watson ends up on another team as the setup guy, sixth, seventh, or eighth inning. Uh, that certainly does make the most sense. Um, you know, honestly, uh, on the back end of the list that we came up with, I don't think that there was any big surprise. Uh, that Anthony Kay was sent down. Uh, I guess Yamaguchi potentially would have some chance to start with this team, although he didn't look good at all in the spring. Mountcastle maybe on on the list of at least emotions early enough may give you the most potential later on in the season, if the season does run through October. Maybe this is a September October kind of thing. But I think that the other two names here uh, were you know sort of fantasy relevant. Remember, Jason Martin was involved in that Garrett Cole trade. Um, you know he played a little bit last year. At the very least, I, I thought that he could have ended up uh, a buck or two for NL only. Uh, but at this stage, with him being uh, slated for AAA, they've essentially chosen to go and, and chosen to feel comfortable with Gregory Polanco being healthy. That tells you one thing. Jared Dyson in center, that tells you another. And then, of course, Brian Reynolds. But look, you're playing in a deeper league. I mean, the fourth outfielder on Pittsburgh is going to be somebody at this point. Not sure who it ends up being. But Martin was a little bit of a surprise for me.
1: Yeah, look, this is an NL-only play. I think outside of that, you know, potentially uh, kind of what you were saying about the San Francisco Giants, I think any opportunity the Pirates have to ship off someone like Gerard Dyson is something that they'll look into doing. And when that happens, they obviously will turn it over to a younger player, and Jason Martin, who is still just 24 years old. And he has a little bit of a power-speed combination, 95 stolen bases in his minor league career uh, with 71 home runs as well so he does have a little bit of pop a little bit of speed as well uh and you know obviously has the age playing in his favor for a team in the pittsburgh pirates who looks like they're kind of trending towards that you know playing younger players we saw Cabrian hayes was the name that got sent down uh reassigned as well to the minor leagues i think we probably see him at some point this season as well. Uh, But yeah, Jason Martin, I think in an NL only for sure, definitely a uh, name to pay attention to. Maybe even in some of those 15-team mix where, again, as we get into the thick of things in the season, injuries are going to happen. You're going to need help in the outfield. And when you play in those 15-team mix, five outfielders, you know, names start dropping here. You're going to be scouring the waiver wire for anyone who has a pulse in the outfield. And that could potentially be Jason Martin in, whatever, the second half of the season, the final few months of the season here with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, yeah, this is more of a deeper league play, but definitely a name you should pay attention to that has a little bit of pop and a little bit of speed.
0: Yeah, and and so those were the reassignments. There were also uh, several players who were just simply let go or released from their contracts for one reason or another. Uh, Jared Hughes, for whatever reason, decided that uh, he wanted off uh, the NRI list for the Houston Astros. Maybe he didn't see a chance of making the team. Maybe he's retiring. We really don't know. Uh, but Hughes had some closing experience, so certainly if he would have made the team, given the fact that uh, Colin McHugh is no longer there, Ken Giles, of course, gone a couple of years ago, uh, yeah, Ryan Presley, Roberto Osuna, Davinsky, I mean, they, you would you would think that Hughes could have made the team and maybe had a shot, but look, we don't know what's going on in anybody's personal life, and and maybe that has something to do with it. I think maybe the bigger surprise is that this, look, Seattle, uh, the Mariners, Frank, are going to win 50-something games or 60 games, in a 162-game season. Now we're going to have to prorate that and probably have a a further discussion as to what saves are going to be in fantasy baseball, really, in 2020, when you think about that, too. But Sam Avalia, who grew up in the Cardinals organization, who they were kind of grooming to be a setup guy, seventh, eighth inning, they ended up shipping him out uh, to Seattle. And, I mean, by most accounts, seemed like a pretty decent bullpen arm running out of time in terms of options and arbitration as well. Maybe that factored into it. I really don't know. But basically just sending him on his way, and there was some discussion that he could be a seventh or eighth inning guy or even maybe be in the ninth inning if Matt McGill started off the season in a weak situation. Now, look, we also know Seattle's uh, you know, closing situation is going to be a mess. If there are 30 teams that were looking at closing situations in baseball, the Mariners, what are they, in the bottom two, bottom three? I mean, they're almost right at the bottom, and we know that they're not going to win a lot of games. But teams that struggle on offense tend to play close games. They tend to get saves. So a little bit of a surprise yesterday to see that. And really, it does put the onus on whoever now is in that Mariners bullpen. You have to figure is going to have the best shot at closing out games now with with him gone. That was a pretty big piece of their bullpen.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to attempt the name there, Craig. I'm just going to call him Baseball Tua. But yeah, he was <laughs> released from uh, the Seattle Mariners. And I agree. I mean, this is probably one of the two or three, uh, you know, worst situations from a fantasy perspective in terms of closers this upcoming season, I would say that the Mariners and Giants are kind of both in that discussion. I would say uh, so, yeah. In the bottom of the league. And I think probably Matt McGill and, and Yoshi Hirano are the names that you're looking at there. And I think it's a good point that you bring up that you know, bad teams tend to play closer games. And I'll just point this out that last year, a lot of people didn't want anything to do with Shane Green with the Detroit Tigers. And he wound up, you know, if they won 30 games in the first half of the season last year, he probably saved 20 or 25 of those. That's so right. there could still be value uh, with bad closers and bad relievers uh, on bad teams as well. And we spoke about that when it came to the Baltimore Orioles, right? Like you can get Value on bad teams because a lot of people shy away from players on those teams. So look, if you're just scouring for your third or fourth reliever on a roto team, a five by five, and you're just trying to you know get some saves and the back end of your team late round flyers, I think McGill, I think uh, Yoshi Hirano are the two names that are in play right now to be the closers potentially by committee there. If someone performs well early in the season, maybe they emerge as the go-to guy. Uh, Hirano does have some experience there. McGill had five saves last year uh, towards the end of the season with the Seattle Mariners. So I think that, you know, he's a name that they can look at and someone that they trust who they've already kind of seen do it uh, in August and September last year. So McGill and Hirano for me, uh, baseball too, unfortunately, uh, gets cut here by the Seattle Mariners. He'll probably latch on somewhere else, oh, but sure. yeah. won't really have any type of uh, closing opportunities on another team.
0: Yeah, and, and it's just a matter of uh, Seattle liking more players in their pen, uh, more than this kid. And he's been around the league, I think, for about five or six years now. It's just a matter of uh, of getting the opportunity, which he did get last year. But you're right, Frank. I just, I, I mean, I'm not interested in Seattle's closing situation. And I think with a condensed season, which we could be looking at, I mean, at the most, we're probably looking at a 140-game season uh, at this point. I mean, April is out of the window, so we're looking at May or June. I think 140 may even be optimistic, but there are some definite discussions about that because of the service time involved. You have the players who want to get that full year of service time so they get all their arbitration, they get their free agency. You have uh, the owners who are saying, if we play 80 games, uh, that's not a full season, and no, we're not going to do it. So there's going to have to be some sort of happy medium to get the season going and, and have it to be played. And I think that will diminish the value of saves in 2020. There's no doubt about that. Also, uh, something to consider if you're doing any of those slow drafts and you're, you're throwing these darts now, which I think is a huge mistake. But if you want to do it, consider this. There are going to be more than 26 men on the rosters of Major League Baseball teams if they start in June. That's going to mean more save opportunities to other pitchers who are potentially on those teams. So I think this will be the worst year for saves in the history of fantasy baseball, most likely to dive into Seattle situation Ah, uh, definitely does not seem optimal. Um, yesterday on the show, uh, when we discussed, uh, you know, some players potentially who could start in the big leagues, we talked about Dylan Carlson of the St. Louis Cardinals. And now there's at least one report that looks like maybe the Phillies are following that fast track, also Frank, with potentially their fifth starter in the big leagues.
1: Yeah, Spencer Howard. They're talking about him potentially starting the season in the rotation for the Philadelphia Phillies. And I think it's a good point that we kind of mentioned yesterday that teams might be more aggressive now. Obviously, the Orioles are going to reassign guys like Ryan Mountcastle. The Pirates have not much to play for this year with guys like Cabrian Hayes. But the Phillies definitely have something to play for in a very tough division uh, in the National League East. And you look at what Spencer Howard did last year Uh, across multiple levels, four different levels, rookie ball, high A ball, double A ball as well, uh, and 2.03 ERA, 94 strikeouts and 71 innings pitch as well. Uh, The guy is lights out and definitely a name that you should be paying attention to if he kind of grabs that rotation spot with the Philadelphia Phillies, someone who could definitely make an impact this year, kind of similar to uh, Dylan Carlson, who you mentioned, but this is more so on the pitching side, obviously, with Spencer Howard.
0: Yeah, and, and look, Howard, while he's one of the top prospects in Philadelphia's organization, he's not one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball, too. That's something to consider as well. Uh, the Phillies' rotation outside of the top two at this point is, uh, I mean, fair at best. You don't know what you're going to get from Jake Arietta this year, I mean, really, off of last year and and even off of some of those spring starts that he had. I mean, it, it almost seemed like he was back to his old tricks from last year, which is just somehow make it through the game, not striking out anybody, but putting guys on. Like, that is not going to be the recipe for success, and that did not work for Ariadne in the second half of the season. No one trusts Velasquez. Elflin uh, is just kind of up and down at this point and, of course, at the top of the rotation You have uh, Nola, and you have Zach Wheeler, and both of those guys, you will certainly trust, no question about that. All right, so uh, that is part of our baseball conversation for today. What we're gonna do is we're gonna continue the conversation coming up in about 15 or 20 minutes. So if you're watching on YouTube, you could just hit that fast-forward button and go forward to hear more baseball, which we will get into. But of course, even though if it was a normal situation and a normal show, we probably wouldn't be talking any football at this time. The bottom line is, we have no sports. So while there is a new cycle of football going on, we will dive into that as well. I know people are like, Craig, you promised you wouldn't talk any football during baseball season. What what season is it right now to be able to talk about? I have no idea. We gotta, we gotta do everything. So uh, after a quick break, we're gonna come back. There have been a couple of free agent signings, which potentially could or could not have a big fantasy impact in 2020. And we are expecting a 2020 football season in a few months, hopefully, as well. So uh, Craig and Frank, back with you right here on Fantasy Sports Today in just a couple of minutes right here on Sports Grid. Thanks for watching. We'll be right back.
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 seven as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
0: and welcome back to fantasy sports today craig mish along with frank Stample, right here on SportsGrid, and of course you know In some of this downtime that that some of you may have, it is a great idea for those of you who are watching us either on sportsgrid.com or even YouTube to download the free apps to not just watch this show, but a ton of other shows and channels on Pluto TV, on Zumo TV, and even on Stir. A lot of just great free shows on demand for you guys to be able to watch 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can check all of those things out, and uh, not just our show, but all kinds of movies and fun facts, and and Frank, you can catch up on all of your 80s shows and 90s shows
1: that we've talked about so much. They're all there for you. You can stream them all. Yeah, what's the name of that show, again, that you enjoy watching so much? It's about, like, the football player who's... Yeah, uh, I haven't watched directed... it since I mentioned it.
0: Yeah, Hunter with Fred Hunter, Dreyer. there you go. Yeah, I, have, I haven't watched that, but uh, I'll tell you some of the things that I have watched in the last uh, couple days uh today we were just watching Gilligan's Island uh Beverly Hills 90210 those were two shows uh Dave have you ever seen this show Dave on FXX or FX it was actually uh, pretty entertaining I think it's on right now I watched the first uh, couple episodes of it you mentioned Hunters so we watched the first episode of that uh Shits Creek is another one. I mean I've we've been just going through them all you know a lot a lot of nighttime viewing I actually uh, showed my son The Naked Gun movies. Have you ever seen those, Frank? The Naked
1: Gun? No. I haven't seen The Naked Gun. Are you missing out on that? Gilligan's Island, though, very solid show. It's it's one that I grew up with, you know, watching Nick and Knight. So, uh, yeah, Gilligan's Island, that's a classic. Yeah, check out The Naked
0: Gun. I think you would appreciate that. Really, really funny stuff. All three movies, uh, for sure. Okay, so we'll get back to baseball in a minute. Let's dive in uh, to a little bit of football conversation. In my mind, I thought uh, there were a couple of significant... Uh, signings I would say that that could affect fantasy now you may say uh, in this whole discussion uh, so we're starting with Todd Gurley right Uh, I'm not I'm gonna leave Todd Gurley out of this conversation I saw enough of him play uh, I mean remember Todd Gurley didn't play in the Super Bowl you know like think about that almost a year and a half ago he didn't play in the Super Bowl so uh, congratulations, Atlanta. I don't think he got anything there. Uh, unfortunately, I think that that is a career that started and went as fast as possible. I think the same thing with David Johnson. It's just an unfortunate situation that, that happens with these players in the NFL. They get used and abused in their running back position, and I think that there's a reason uh, why none of them signed for big money. So, therefore, it definitely smelled like, Frank, uh, Melvin Gordon got a little bit desperate because he did not end up, I don't think, in the most optimal situation, by any means, sharing time at running back, not even getting a ton of guaranteed money for a guy of his nature that's played in the NFL the last few years with you know, 1,200, 14-yard uh, rushing seasons and a bunch of touchdowns and was a big part of the Chargers' offense. But look, they looked at Austin Eckler and they're like, ah, you know, Melvin Gordon will need you anyway. Uh, now he goes to the Denver Broncos, which historically, Frank, has been a great spot for running backs. But... Now they, they've been using multiple guys like a lot of teams have the last couple of years. And there's no doubt that he's going to be in, in competition with at least one of their two running backs that are there. I don't know how that wall will shake out, but I just can't believe, are you kidding me, that two years ago they're going to move up and they're going to they're going to draft a running back like Royce Freeman relatively early in a draft to just get rid of this guy two years later for Melvin Gordon. And, and what about Phillip Lindsey? This is a confusing situation for me.
1: Yeah, and Royce Freeman seems to be the biggest loser of all here with the Denver Broncos. Melvin Gordon moves in there, and he kind of does a lot of what Royce Freeman does, right? He could be between the tackles runner, short yardage runner, Melvin Gordon, a good receiver as well, but I think that's uh, an area where they want to use Philip Lindsay more this upcoming season. Solid offensive line with the Denver Broncos. You mentioned they've been able to run well the past couple of years. Specifically, Philip Lindsay, what he's been able to do last year ran very efficiently as well for a second year in a row, over four yards per carry, right around four and a half yards per carry. That's the biggest difference. Melvin Gordon, while he's been great for fantasy purposes, Craig, I mean, he's been so reliant on touchdowns and sure. with Philip Rivers just dumping the ball off, and maybe there's a chance that that, You know, Drew Locke as as a young quarterback will still wind up dumping the ball off a ton this year to guys like Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. But to me, this seems like, you know, a really a two headed backfield with Melvin Gordon and Lindsay. And, you know, if an injury takes place, maybe that's how we see Royce Freeman again. But I think he's probably the biggest loser of the bunch here. And honestly, they're all losers from a fantasy perspective. It's a great problem to have in the NFL. And that's, you know, we always talk about the NFL versus fantasy. This is not great for fantasy because I think at best. Lindsey and Melvin Gordon are are nothing more than low-end RB2s, potentially even just flex options as well because they're going to take away from each other. But for the Broncos, it's a great problem to have. They'll be able to ride the hot hand. Uh, They'll be able to mix and match depending on where they're at on the field and if they're playing hurry-up. So it's a great problem for the Broncos to have, but unfortunately not a good one for fantasy purposes. And I think on the other side of all this, Austin Eckler, it seems like he's all alone now in that Chargers backfield. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be yet. As of now, it's Tyrod Taylor. And they've kind of hinted at, you know, they're all right with Tyrod Taylor being the starting quarterback for the Chargers this season, which would bode well for someone like Austin Eckler. They probably draft a running back in the middle rounds or bring someone else in just as insurance. But if you're just talking about winners here, Craig, Austin Eckler seems like he's going to be a borderline first round pick in PPR leagues. And unless the Chargers add a a big piece in that backfield, I think it's warranted.
0: Yeah, I, I think that the biggest overall losers in this are just running backs in general in both college football and the NFL. And look, Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey are phenomenal athletes and and well-deserved where they were drafted. I think that that's done. I think it is done. Uh, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is coming out this year. He's a very highly sought-after running back. There's no question that J.K. Dobbins will be. And DeAndre Swift was a stud at Georgia. There's no question. There are going to be four or five running backs. But, I mean, Royce Freeman, two years ago, was a stud in our fantasy drafts. The People were predicting him to be oh, one of the best keepers at running back. Ronald Jones, same thing. I think that Melvin Gordon signing and this team discarding Freeman, because make no mistake about it, I mean, Frank, Freeman's going to get dumped for like a sixth-round pick or a seventh-round pick. And this is the same regime that's still drafting here. So... I think I think that contract Le'Veon Bell got, that's it. I, I don't think you're going to see another running back get that kind of money ever again. They're just so dispensable. And uh, I, there'll be a ton of value at running back in the NFL draft. It'll be the third round. It'll be the fourth round. Some of these projections have DeAndre Swift in the first round. They have J.K. Dobbins in the late first round. Some of them have Taylor, too. I, I mean, I don't know how. I don't know why any team would do it. Are you really willing a year later to just get rid of the guy? Because if you remember, Frank, two years ago in fantasy, I mean, yeah, Barkley, you know, McCaffrey, those guys were rookies and they were at the top, but there were so many others that didn't really work out at all. And, and it's just an interesting predicament uh, for me. And I think the finances of it speak to it. Look at that contract Gordon signed. I mean, yes, you're right. He was very touchdown dependent. And I probably wouldn't put him in the same category in terms of talent as a Le'Veon Bell. But he wasn't that far off from Le'Veon Bell. Like if Le'Veon Bell on a scale of one to 10 was a nine, I mean, Melvin Gordon was a seven,
1: and, I mean, this guy didn't even get, like, more than $10 million guaranteed. Yeah, it's a really good point, and I think it's something that can translate to dynasty leagues as well, right? With all these talented running backs in, there's no doubting the talent. You mentioned it, right? Like, some of these guys might sneak in the back end of the first round, probably more so second round picks this upcoming season. DeAndre Swift, Dobbins, as you mentioned, as well. But where are they going to go at this point, right? There's really no a clear opportunity for a rookie running back to come in and kind of grasp a starting role. There's really not much available here. We even saw, you know, I was, uh, you know, contemplating potentially the the Miami Dolphins could draft one of these running backs That's but the they one. go out yeah. and they and they sign a Jordan Howard too. So even yeah, if they bring in a rookie will. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jordan Howard's probably still going to have his role and he's going to be it's going to be frustrating okay. for fantasy. And if they bring in a really talented rookie, he's going to wind up vulturing touchdowns and he's going to be used on short yardage early downs as well. And we're going to left be left pulling our hair out like we were last year when it came to Miles Sanders, although Miles Sanders helped us later on in the season. For a large majority of that, Jordan Howard was a thorn in the side of uh, Miles Sanders' owners. So it's a good point that you bring up, and I think it can translate well to dynasty leagues also, where I don't know that any of these rookies coming in are going to have a really, um, really big impact in their first couple of seasons here in the NFL.
0: Yeah, look, I I watched David Montgomery play in college and thought, wow, what a great system he's going to be in with a great opportunity with the Bears. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. He was a disaster last year. And by the way... He didn't look good either. I mean, I got to. Know, I watched those games. Like he did not look. I mean, I, I guess there are some metrics that pointed that he was really good after the tackle, but there were several games that I watched where this guy had the ball in the one yard line three different times and couldn't get in. So maybe it is a product of their system. You never know. And a lot of the running backs uh, see success based on the system that they're in. So I don't want to just completely throw a guy like Montgomery away. But if he had a bad year, he could be in the same situation as Freeman on Denver, and a guy that could be discarded. So. Uh, Just interesting the way that we're headed there in the NFL. The other signing to get to here is Emmanuel Sanders, who of course finished off the season very strong and, uh, you know, ended up really helping the San Francisco 49ers down the stretch. Former Denver Bronco, he signs with the New Orleans Saints. And, uh, and, and look, the Saints, Frank, have had that issue that I think that he finally fits. It's a really solid fit. And I don't think that Sanders is going to be great ever again in fantasy, like potentially he was with, uh, with Denver, maybe even back with Pittsburgh, but they, they've been struggling to find that other guy outside of uh, of Mike Evans. And uh, look, Ted Ginn has been there for a number of years in a Dynasty League. I had Traquan Smith. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I can't wait for Traquan Smith. <laughs> that didn't work out as well. They've, they've shuttled through a lot of different players. So uh, more of a reality fit than a fantasy fit. But I could see Emmanuel Sanders catching 60 balls for 700 yards and six touchdowns this season and I don't think it takes anything away from Evans and so you know maybe more of a reality than fantasy conversation especially at this stage of Sanders's career but he looked really good for San Francisco when Jimmy G was throwing him the ball so I would ex- expect this to be a solid signing for
1: New Orleans. Yeah, he's probably more of a low-end wide receiver three, potential flex option for fantasy purposes this upcoming season. Uh, Obviously, Drew Brees still playing at an extremely high level, but there are a lot of players that are going to demand targets in that offense. Obviously, Michael Thomas is one of, if not the best wide receivers in the NFL. And last year, 185 targets for Michael Thomas – 149 receptions. Remember he broke the single season reception record last year. I think they wanted to bring in some help, uh, you know, get some defensive attention away uh, from someone like a Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. I think we should expect a bounce back year. He's still going to get a ton of targets. Jared cook was a solid fantasy tight end yeah. again last year where he's going to be targeted in the red zone. So again, you're right, Craig, it's probably more of a better fit from an NFL perspective, for the new Orleans saints where he's going to help the team, but he's not necessarily going to put up a really consistent production from a fantasy perspective. So maybe you take him in a best ball draft and he has a few spike weeks. I think he could still get behind the defense. He's probably going to play a slot receiver role with this team more than anything else. Cause they still have Ted Ginn who can uh, get down the field and he could burn a little bit. Same thing with Traquan Smith. So I think we probably see Emmanuel Sanders in the slot, but don't forget Michael Thomas going to demand his targets. Kamara should bounce back. Jared Cook's still in this offense as well. So I agree, better NFL fit than actual fantasy fit as well here.
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. And and as the days go by, if if anything happens as far as free agency goes that affects fantasy, we'll certainly touch on it as well. Uh, I guess to kind of close out the conversation, the most interesting name that is still out there in free agency for me, Frank, is Jameis Winston, who uh, said goodbye to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers faithful after – of some very up and down years with Tampa Bay and then this just didn't surprise me at all it just doesn't matter how good you are if you're just constantly throwing picks but I mean Winston is one of those guys that could definitely help a team Frank I, I, I mean I honestly think and it's you know, probably not going to happen they're going to thrust him into some starting role somewhere but man he could just use a year to be with and I don't know who it would be but the best offensive mind or quarterback coach and and look, maybe inevitably it is New England because we're just not hearing about New England, and that's you know certainly a possibility, could be. But um, Winston was a lot of fun because you never knew what was going to happen in any given day, game, and there were those 500-yard games with three and four picks. But he's the one name, I think, at this point that I'm most interested to see where he ends up.
1: Yeah, you know, the Patriots still trying to figure out what they're going to do at the quarterback position. We've heard Andy Dalton rumored a potential trade there. Jameis Winston still available on the market. And... Look, you're right. Jameis Winston, I think when he's on, he can still make throws that other people can't make. I mean, he has tremendous arm strength, and we've seen his upside, but he's one of these guys that has a huge upside, both for fantasy and I think for real life. He can win you any game, but he could also go out and lose you any game. He has a tremendous downside, a very low floor, uh, just makes some baffling decisions at times where, you know, he's being dragged down to the ground, and he still just winds up, like, lofting the ball up in the air, up for grabs for anybody, offense, defense, it doesn't matter. Uh, So those Those are things that he needs to work on. But, you know, maybe working with someone like a Josh McDaniels, who, you know, is regarded as one of the better offensive coordinators in the NFL, maybe that is what Jameis Winston needs. But if you think about it from that perspective, Craig, he just worked with Bruce Arians, who we also thought was one of the better offensive minds in the NFL. So uh, there are just so many deep embedded, uh, you know, things in the way that, uh, Jameis Winston plays right now that I don't know that he's ever going to be able to shake those. Maybe if there's one person that can help him do that, it would be Josh McDaniels. And, you know, obviously have Bill Belichick in your ear wouldn't hurt as well. But uh, yeah, outside of the Patriots, I don't really know where else he can go right now where he can have a starting job. Maybe the Chargers, but as they've mentioned, uh, it seems like they're kind of content with Tyrod Taylor as of now.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I was Winston, I'd do a two-year deal with New Orleans and hope Brees retires. I mean, that that would seem after this year. That would seem to me to to at least make some sense. And look, Teddy B uh, ends up getting himself paid after sitting behind uh, Drew Brees too. You know, certainly that could become an option. Uh, one quick thing: a video posted yesterday, yesterday by Ben Roethlisberger of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Frank, uh, during this pandemic, can we expect over the next couple of months for the Frank Stanfield full beard to come out? Like, would, would you would you end up going that route? How far will you go with it?
1: Yeah, I might not have a choice because I don't know if I'm allowed to leave my house to go get a haircut anymore, and uh, normally my barber is the one who winds up uh, trimming down the beard. I suppose I could do it myself. It's not really something uh, something I'm comfortable doing myself, Craig, but I might not have a choice. So if I don't have the opportunity to trim my own beard or you know go out and, and see my barber, I might just have to uh, might just have to let this one go. And yeah, how about you, Craig? Can we see uh, can we see some facial hair from? I, uh, I, I from think Craig this, I, I don't
0: think so. I mean, I, with doing the videos, I feel like I gotta I got I don't know. It's like anytime I'm on video, I feel like I gotta shave. If I'm not on video, I don't shave. It's kind of weird thing for me. I was gonna text you last night, by the way, um, because uh, this week on video, they've been showing uh, an Inxs concert. Uh, 70,000 people on the audience network. I think it could be only available on DirecTV. I don't know if you have DirecTV, but uh, I was going to text you and tell you that it's been on. They're showing it a lot. So catch up on all of your NXS music if you're interested, Frank.
1: Well, there's not much else going on, so I guess I'm about to uh, deep dive into NXS. And, uh, you know, look, they're a one-hit wonder, Craig. Like I said. uh, (laughs) Oh, How dare you? One-hit wonder, NXS. I'm sorry, Craig. All right, Frank.
0: With that, let's take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports Today. When we come back, we'll dive into some more baseball, the latest news and notes from around the league. And again, a lot of rumors and speculation at this point. We're just trying to keep it light and give you guys some content to take you away from everything else that's going on in the world. We'll continue to do that next, right here on Fantasy Sports Today, right here on Sports Grid. Don't go anywhere.
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
0: and welcome back to fantasy sports today craig bish frank stample with you here on the show hopefully you guys are being safe and, of course, staying at home, is there anything that you've left the actual house for, Frank, over the past week, let's say? Have you left the house at all? Is there anything that you've, like like I'm talking about, you've opened the door and you've walked out at all?
1: Yeah, so yesterday I actually left the house to go to the pharmacy to pick up some floss and a few other things like shampoo and stuff like that, like just essentials. But uh, outside of that, there was a solid three- or four-day stretch where I only left the house once in my underwear to take out the garbage, Craig. So uh, it was nice to get some fresh air yesterday. Uh, It was very, very nice weather in New York as well. So uh, kind of enjoy that, walk to the pharmacy. But outside of that, uh, there's not much else going on. New York is kind of uh, being told to stay inside as much as possible. So that's it. That's that's what we're doing right now. How about you? You you walk outside, you you throw out the garbage, you play with the kids. You mentioned some tennis and baseball as well. Yes,
0: yes, yes. We're we're trying to do some sort of athletic schedule uh, every day. Uh, Just just something, whether it's 20 or 30 minutes, uh, you know, just just even outside. And uh, and where I live in Florida, while we have a vast amount of parks and places that we can go and do all these things, we can't really even go there. Right now. And um, while I am very comfortable and I am very comfortable, the community I live and we have a playground, we have a house, I don't have a huge backyard, unfortunately, Um, not too big. So it is just kind of going in the backyard, throwing around the baseball. But uh, yeah, when the the, uh, when there aren't people that are playing tennis and there are some people playing tennis, too, when they aren't, then we're going out there, throwing some ground balls to my son, catching, throwing back, practicing all these things that we did in Little League, because, Honestly, Frank, I don't even know if there's going to be a Little League season this year. You know, um, our Little League season started uh, a couple of weeks ago, and the last game is May 2nd, and then it's playoffs. So, I mean, maybe in a best-case scenario, if things were to go well, we would just return for the playoffs. And, of course, it's not a big deal. We just have a practice, and it's Little League. So, you know, I mean, you just, you just play it out. But that's, uh, that's the best that can happen right now. We're really uh, meal-wise set. We got a lot of meals for the next like 14 days, so I don't see myself doing too much except for hanging out with you and being on video and being on radio and of course uh, starting up a new Fantasy League, which we'll get to more in the coming days here on the show. We'll have a full announcement and explain uh, how all that's going to work. Fantasy League Legends is the website right now that's up if you guys want to go check it out. It's not completely done, but I noticed that there's a lot of other people that Kind of are having this idea too, so I had to rush into it a little bit and put it out there before uh, somebody thinks, oh, you stole our idea. So I was like, okay, let me just get this started. So I know you signed up. That'll be a lot of fun. And in the coming days, we will uh, certainly get to that as well, no doubt. Um, Okay, so the interesting part of the baseball season, if and when the baseball season does begin, and let's be on the optimistic side, let's call it June, let's call it July, let's say that there is a season. Is that a lot of the players, as we've talked about on previous shows that were hurt, are no longer hurt going into the season. And two players that we can focus on, at least for this show today, uh, one on the Yankees, one on the Cincinnati Reds. uh, It looks like Aaron Judge, the season was to start. I think that maybe we were even making a mistake on how long he was going to be out before we knew that the baseball season wasn't going to start on time. Because technically the season would have started in five days. He would have probably started the season on the injured list, but it may have only been a week or two based on some of the recoveries that we're talking about. Back about two weeks ago when the injury first happened or three weeks ago, we were talking about him maybe missing the first half of the season. That definitely doesn't appear to be the case now. And then, of course, on the Cincinnati Reds, Frank, Eugenio Suarez, clearly with the injury that he had in the offseason to his shoulder, he was going to start the season on the injured list as well. And his timetable is a little bit more iffy. And again, it's swinging, so you don't really know. Uh, I, I think, honestly, a, a more serious injury than than Judge's, which is just healing. The rib is just a healing injury, and you recover from that. It's not like an oblique, a tear. You move on. Uh, but let's let's dive into both of those players here a little bit. I feel like there's a lot of optimism on Judge and probably some on Suarez now that we know that the season is not going to start on time.
1: Yeah, so I actually go the opposite way. I'm a little bit more optimistic on Suarez than I am on Judge, and maybe I'm just kind of a uh, pessimistic, Yankee fan, Maybe. but just the way that they've handled injuries the past couple of seasons. Even reading the Roto World blurb from Aaron Judge, uh, that just that we saw the past couple of days that a CT scan taken from Aaron Judge, uh, first rib showed slight improvement. Quote, slight improvement as well. Uh, the exam also showed that Judge's collapsed lung, which was previously undisclosed. Uh, has completely healed. I mean, this is what the Yankees have done the past couple of years, where they kind of just leave little things out in terms of injuries. They almost rush players back. And we heard that with Aaron Judge, even before we knew that the season was going to be delayed, that he was hitting the weight room hard and that he was working out and everything's going to be good to go. And I mean, this is part of the problem is that, you know, these guys are not giving themselves enough time to heal. Uh, And as I've said time and time again with guys like Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, I think that these guys are almost too strong, too big for their own good where they have a lot of muscle mass. And we've heard more about players in, in recent years, Craig, you know, taking on more things like yoga and trying to enhance their flexibility so that they can, you know, stay healthy for longer and that they can try and play every single day. And it seems like. Just guys like Aaron Judge and Carlos Stanton, it goes one in one ear and out the other, but they're not really listening to things like that. So, you know, originally when we did our outfield preview, I had Judge and I had Stanton as bust. And then as they started to move down the draft board as a result of the injuries, I was like, all right, maybe I can jump back in here. You know, John Carlos Stanton going right. outside the top 100. That's something that I could be interested in. Now these guys are starting to creep back up in some drafts that I've already done. Uh, you know, I did a draft this past week. Much to my chagrin, I didn't want to participate in the draft, but this is the date that they set and they couldn't push it back any further. Uh, You know, Aaron Judge wound up going in the fourth round. Jarcarlo Stanton wound up going in the sixth round. I mean, these guys are basically going back where they were originally. I can't jump in on that because I think that they're going to be at a very high risk of re-injury. The Yankees have a ton of depth on their team. Uh, and, and you know, guys like Clint Frazier, Aaron Hicks is gonna be back at some point. Brett Gardner. Uh, the Yankees can afford to give guys like judge and Stanton more days off. So uh, they're moving back up draft boards. I'm not gonna be part of that. you Eugenio Suarez, on the other hand, while I know it's a shoulder injury and you worry about that more so when it, when it comes to uh, guys with uh, that we rely on for power, you know, he did have a loose cartilage removed from his shoulder. I, I don't think that this was, you know, major. By any, I mean, it could have been, you know, much more serious, like a torn labrum or something like that. Uh, that's right. not what we were dealing with here with Eugenio Suarez. So I've actually moved him back up my rankings ahead of names that I really like, guys like Matt Chapman and, and Mike Moustakis. I'm a little bit more optimistic now with Suarez. There's no doubting the ballpark he plays in. The lineup is probably the best of his career as well uh, when it comes to Suarez and the Cincinnati Reds there. So I actually go the other way. I'm starting to be more pessimistic again when it comes to guys like Judge and Stanton. Uh, but Suarez is someone who I've actually moved up my rankings here, Craig. Yeah,
0: and, and I think that, that, look, that's a fair assessment too. It's just, it seemed, at least for me, you know, and again, I probably i am guilty of buying into the tea leaves here with what's being reported because nobody really has a clue and unfortunately, a lot of the situational things that we're going to be getting are directly from players posting on Instagram or Twitter or just videos of themselves. We saw that with Aroldis Chapman. He keeps posting pictures on Instagram of just him throwing. Uh, I'm trying to stay in touch with as many guys as I possibly can to find out what's going on and where they're doing it and how they're doing it and all that. But it's not easy. And it, and again, it's like prying into a private time with people's families. It's uh, you know just all around uh, kind of difficult. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to catch this, by the way. Uh, but I, you remember a couple of years ago, uh, Villanueva on the Padres. Remember he had that thirty home run season.
1: I don't, I don't know if you remember that, Frank. Do you remember that guy, third baseman? For yeah, uh, yeah, I do remember. I think he was he played with the Cubs as well, or yeah, potentially that, was right. in their in their farm system. Yeah, started
0: yeah, off unbelievably right in the first half of the season, then then slowed down, his career faded, and uh, you probably haven't seen this. And those of you who are watching, you could just do, do a quick Google. It's out there on the internet or you know stream. Uh, But he's playing in Japan, and they have restarted up at least exhibition games or uh, season games there uh, this weekend. And the video was posted uh, recently, let's call it over the past week, of of him hitting a home run. And Frank, it is like live baseball being played in Japan with nobody in the stands. But you know what? I got to tell you, I mean, you could just hear the players clapping there are video cameras there, obviously. There's media there being able to cover the game. I know it's going to stink for fans. And look, I'm a fan as much as I am media. I mean, it's, it's true. Uh, but it gave me some hope watching. I got to tell you, it gave, not not because of away, I got to be honest with you. But, <laughs> but But it gave me some hope that, you know what? The, I mean, it's not a great scenario, but it's better than what we have. So if you told me that baseball was able to come back in June... And all the way through the summer, there were no fans, but the games were played and they were on TV. Like, would you not take that right now, like in a heartbeat?
1: Yeah, I think if you ask 10 baseball fans, all 10 of them would say, absolutely. Like, we'll take that right now, 100%. We've seen it before. It's kind of odd at first. Remember the Baltimore Orioles a couple of seasons ago playing games with no fans in the stands. But again, as long as we can watch the games on television and we have access to box scores and we have stats and we can play fantasy and... Use that as a distraction once again. Uh, just to have sports back, whether it's the MLB, the NBA, whatever it might be. I mean, even if it has to be played with no fans in the stands, I think every sport fan would sign up for that today, Craig. Honestly, when you first brought up Christian Villanueva here, I thought that you were going to announce that you're starting like the Japanese fantasy league. No, 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 no. I'm
0: out on that. I'm out on the KBO. I'm not doing that. No, no, I'm not going that
1: far. I thought you were starting to give us analysis on uh, Christian Villanueva as a first-round pick. I can't sell people on that. I'm not going to even try. I'm not going that route that's that's the route that we were i thought we were going down but this is something that i've actually seen you know talked about whispered about a little bit on twitter is the potential of you know the baseball season being able to start up sooner than expected but playing with no fans in the stands and i agree with you as long as we have access to it on television we can follow the games on you know mlb.com wherever you can kind of track your box scores i think just having that available even with no fans in the stands I, i think that every fan that you ask right now Would sign up for that. It would suck not being able to go to the games live in person. I understand that. But just having the sport back, I think everybody would sign up for that. Craig,
0: you know, the other part of this, too, and I thought about this a little bit and I probably will be one of the very extreme and fortunate people that when it comes back up, that I'll probably be able to go because um, I, I would never like, for example, and, and this is something that you could obviously coming see coming, Frank, here. like, Let's say this, this does happen, and again, we're speculating here, but let's say baseball starts up in June or July. Let's, let's use that as the assessment. We're ruling out April, and I think let's probably more or less rule out May. It just doesn't seem realistic. And if it is May, it's without any fans. Frank, do you realize the amount of credentials that are going to be applied for by every single person who's never been to a baseball game before, any blog site? I mean, people are going to want to get out of their house. They're going to want to go. And I think that, I mean, I would guess that, and I would never get into Boston, you know? I don't think that they would allow me to cover games in New York. I mean, maybe they would. I don't know. I've been covering baseball a long time, but I could see them not. But if they allow a limited amount of people to cover the Miami Marlins, I think I'm going to be on that list. I think I'll be able to actually uh, go and attend. Now, what the media numbers will look like also would be slim. I would guess that, Frank, what are we thinking here? Like- the camera people and the operations people for the stadium, and like five members of the media, ten members of the media. Maybe it's in New York. It's a. It's like fifteen, but it's going to be a very, very low number. And if I was not a member of the media, and I'm not encouraging this, but wouldn't you be, Frank, on one of those MLB credentialing sites, being like, "Yeah, I work for uh, BaseballMedia.com," and, uh, and because everyone's going to want to go, so. I think, I think there's a chance now, will my wife let me go is another another story here. I don't know. That, that's going to be a question, too. We're gonna Hopefully, she's not watching this. We're going to have to fight that one out. But I want to go when I'm available to go, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, if you are available, if you're one of the five or ten media you know, credentials here that are allowed in Marlins Park when the games get started back up, you have to jump on that opportunity, go. Craig. Yeah. yeah, there's no doubt about it. Look, if you need me to uh, to talk to your wife for you and try and put in a good word and help you out here, Craig, I'm 100% happy to do so, help you out, try and get you back in Marlins Park. Because, again, as you mentioned, uh, they're only going to let a limited number of people in there. And obviously, you know, what the work that you've done with the Miami Marlins is well documented. And with everything that you have provided here on the show and the sports grid as well, in terms of getting interviews with the Marlins players and other baseball players as well. I mean, there's no one fitted better to to be part I of the so. media. Than you, Craig. So you should get in there 100. percent And yeah, you know, I might have to apply for a credential. Why not Sports Grid? I mean, we're a major, uh, a major a- media player here, right? I so agree. We, we've got a show. We got a fantasy show. We got we have things to report. We have people to help here, Craig. And so if I can, uh, if I can apply, why not?
0: You should. I mean, and again, people are watching this and going, "You're really thinking about that now." Like honestly, what are you not thinking about right now? Like any kind of subject, anything that's in play, I think is is. Uh, is worth discussing for sure. But it kind of like goes through my mind, like to, to run a baseball team, like you have to have people like, okay, so I'm driving to the park, right? You got the people in the garage. There's gotta be somebody in the garage that's helping out. Um How many employees will be there? How many employees will be at the front? How many employees will be at security? How many p- employees will be on the field? I mean, it, it, I don't think you can get away with, with a baseball game being run by 10 people. Like I just, I mean, I think it's gonna have to be 50, 100, 200 people, something like that, but- Look, as the days go by, these are the sort of conversations and thoughts that we start to have, just just a yearning back for sports for sure, yearning for fantasy sports for sure to start back up. And to be honest with you, Frank, I know I see a lot of it out there. People are desperate. They're betting on sumo wrestling and checkers. I'm just, I just, I have better things to do with my time and my money than that. I'm going to wait. I'm just going to wait this out. And fortunately, I'm in a position here to just be talking fantasy where uh, that pressure has not been bestowed upon me. Uh, Betting will be a story at least for another day until we until I feel like there is something legitimate that I can have an opinion on to bet on. All right, so that'll do it for our show. Hope you guys enjoyed another one-hour edition of Fantasy Sports Today. Let us know what you think. Comment on YouTube. Hit me up on Twitter at Craig Mish. Make sure you send any comments your way. I know a lot of people have been missing the show, Uh, the audio portion of the show, Fantasy Sports Today. We're going to start back up with that as well. Uh, Some of the audio we'll post uh, for you guys in podcast form. And I'll be doing some extra stuff, looking to do some extra interviews also to post online for you guys right here on SportsGrid. So make sure you tune in again and uh, keep it locked into YouTube. Like and subscribe, all the things that we do, and send us messages letting us us know that you are watching and liking the content. And we will continue to produce that for you. For my co-host, Frank Stample, and uh, everybody who is watching and all the people at SportsGrid who are putting this together, I would encourage you, please stay at home, be safe continue to monitor what's going on around the country and around the world but the best thing that you can do for everybody else out there is stay home keep your social distancing and make sure that we can return this country to normal as soon as possible hope you guys have a great rest of your day or your night whenever you're watching this frank and i will be back very soon with another episode of fantasy sports today until then be well and we'll talk soon